Hello and welcome to Sutra Side Talk, episode 53. I'm your host, Kamran Shishter, and with me is... James Seelig. Alright, man, it is Friday, July 3rd. We're recording before noon, where it's uh, 11.44 right now? Yeah. Uh, oh, man, we're if back was again. 15 minutes, I would have definitely done a McCree. It's high noon. I haven't even played that in so long. I might not play Blizzard games in a while, because apparently they're still doing shitty things to people. Sorry. <laughs> I derailed you, like, immediately. I hate you. <laughs> All right, you bastard. Okay. Um, we got some good... We got some uh, corona news again. It's been a while, but we got... We, we wanted to share the great news of being everything going terrible again. Um, you know, it's really great. Also, apologies in the background. If you hear, like, a buzzing or something, like, two yards away, there's some dudes working on, like, a thing and i just hear like or something i don't know uh but we got that uh we got some movie tv news and some gaming news and we might uh finish off the news with uh, uh warner brothers games in general not not necessarily the sale this time uh potentially of like at&t selling the studios but uh what all the studios are currently working on like all the different games whether it's like dc games harry potter etc you know and after that, we should honestly have some time to uh, get through some games and movies and whatnot that we've been uh, playing and watching, which jams. Uh, I told you right after Last of Us, I played uh, South Park Stick of Truth. Yeah. Did I tell you I beat it already? Yeah, I, you got through that way faster than I was expecting. Did I tell you I started playing Horizon Zero Dawn? Ooh, shit. That's like... Did I tell I... you I platinumed it already? Whoa, really? Yeah, <laughs> I platinumed it last night. Like, and I started playing uh, Frozen Wilds. I like I bought it. I realized I didn't have it. Bought it. It actually it was like eight gigs or something. It downloaded in like forty minutes. I was very surprised by its speed. But uh, I was playing like Animal Crossing while I was waiting. I think, and uh, which I haven't played that in forever. But dude, I will say because I'm I'm waiting till you know I finally get down the list to Horizon to talk about it now. But that's gonna be its own little discussion for me. I uh, I will just say this. Uh, I did notice probably because I know a lot of people praised it and I think it's great. It's just there are some things maybe from when it came out to now that I think didn't age too well or certain aspects that I'll talk about. But also I will say this between that and Frozen Wilds DLC, which I've only literally played like I got to the start of the DLC. I just got to the start. It's already night and day, which is insane because one, it just was like, what the fuck happened in the, the in the game? But also, like, damn, did they improve for her, uh, Frozen Wilds? Uh, like I said, there'll be a whole discussion about that. But huh. um, I should go back. It was great, Frozen Wilds. But there's some complaints I have uh, that just kind of took me out of it. Like every single time uh, things occurred, like people talking. Mm. But uh, yeah, we'll get to that eventually. Hopefully, in the next few episodes, we'll see. Uh, but all right, we'll we'll just uh, jump right in. And of course, uh, if you do want to uh, send us any questions, any comments, you can at sutrasidetalk at gmail.com. Uh, if you got any questions, we can read them on the show and uh, kind of give our answers to what you want to ask us. And of course, we take any feedback, positive or negative. All right, let's start with uh, the Corona news, James. Guess what? Wave two is here and it's back and it's it's better than ever. It's uh, It's like, hey... I heard you all are doing a shitty job. Let me 
just jump back in there and coffee all around. Go go do your get-togethers. I'm going to have a great time. Yeah, I mean, the most upsetting thing about it is that it feels like the Wave 1 never even really ended. And people were just like... It's like people just got bored and forgot that coronavirus is actually a thing. At least in America. The U.S., I should Pretty say. Pretty much. Specifically America. And now people don't want us to come to their countries. Which, you know, makes complete sense. I don't blame them. Yeah. I wouldn't want me in, my, in another country either. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, um, just look at the numbers in the U.S. of, like, like fucking 50,000 a day, or at least we're getting close to that. That's yep. fucking insane. Like, I wouldn't want Americans traveling to the Europe and, like, restarting their shit. Like, uh, whatever. It's uh, upsetting. Yep. Yeah, well, so we'll see what happens this time. I'm sure we're, we're going to get a... It's, uh, I guess this is... Is this the July one? What do you mean? Each month we get something brand new and a new uh, theme. Yeah. <laughs> is, is July Wave 2. Uh, that's what I'm curious about. Which I will say also, the two games I feel like match Corona, like match the, our current circumstances uh, are like, you know, Division 2 and Death Stranding, which I I want to get to those so badly. I think those are my like ultimate goals because I, I, it's terrible to say it, but I'm like, okay, I think my goal is, well, we're still in quarantine for me to get to these two games to finally just kind of blow like blast through them cuz I'm like that's going to be the most surreal shit when I finally get there. <laughs> yeah, Division 2 has some like surreal like comp- not comparisons but like similarities to what's going on now except it's like to the extreme cuz in that game the virus was like engineered out of like all the worst viruses to like literally just kill as many people as possible. Which this one was more so spread by stupidity than anything. Yes. That's the, that's the saddest thing. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. Uh, speaking of uh, the effects, uh, Super Nintendo World, remember that theme park that's going to be at the Japanese Universal Studios? Uh, it was supposed to open basically uh, right before the Olympics. And yeah. the Olympics were delayed a year. Uh, Super Nintendo World has been delayed indefinitely from opening, even though it's pretty much nearly done. I think they also delayed working oh, really? on it just because... They're still, yeah. They were still uh, actually constructing it? Uh, only, like, uh, I think eating, air, like, restaurants and some other uh, stuff. But, okay. like, I think the rides themselves are finished. Um, I th- I, it sounds like they had to, you know, halt production on it during quarantine for Japan. Yeah. Because uh, they were, like, one of the first countries to be affected but also close. And... Uh, I, I'm assuming, like, because they said it, it sounds like, because a lot of the world's kind of getting back to normal a little bit just because they followed shit correctly. Uh, they have the other parks open there, just not this one, I think, because also it would draw in a lot of people from outside, For is sure. also why. Yeah. So it makes sense. And other thing is theaters, uh, MC, and I'm assuming, I didn't really look it up because I'm too lazy to, but I'm assuming, like, Cinemark and other chains are pushing their openings now to July 15th. Uh, and I think they'll probably delay again. I just assume if like if cases are rising again, it's not going to be like better in two weeks. Like that's not going to yeah. happen. All right, that brings us now to movie TV news, and pretty honestly, really fast. Uh, so we've got some old classics coming back. James Beavis and Butthead is coming back to Comedy Central with two new seasons. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I forgot. Shut up, Beavis. 
<laughs> it's gonna be it's fucking stupid. I love it. I'm excited for that. Also, uh, Clone High uh, is getting a reboot, and it's coming from uh, what's uh, what are the big guys' names? Uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Huh. You know, you know them, right? The names are kind of familiar, but Lego Movie, oh. Drum Street. Yeah, uh, we're working on the solo film that probably would have been good if they had stayed on it. Oh, yeah. Disney didn't kick them off. Uh, you know, yeah. So them, like those guys, I always I love a lot of the shit they do. So I'm like, yo, dope. And also, I never really watched it myself, but from what I've heard, it's supposed to be pretty fun because Clone High is just like it's about the clones of like Lincoln, JFK, Gandhi, Joan of Arc, and Cleopatra. And it's just like, it just sounds ridiculous. It's like basically, oh, hey, we've cloned all these big historical figures and they're in high school or something. Yeah, I don't remember ever hearing about this, but when you were describing it to me like before the show, I was just like, I think I need to find this and watch it because that sounds hilarious. Yes. And then uh, that's not all. So now some games are getting the some more treatment of uh, one of which, uh, remember My Name is Pedro or My Friend Pedro? Yeah. The game with the banana and it's like an action game. Yeah. Apparently uh, the the John Wick creator uh, is getting a, making it a TV adaption. What? That's awesome. Yeah. I, 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 I can't, I still have to play that game, but it's just like from the trailer, from looking at the trailer, I'm like, what the fuck is going to happen in this? It's like, is it just going to be John Wick with the banana? Yeah. Is it going to be animated? I don't know honestly maybe maybe it could be well like but i'm not too sure i mean i guess they could do it live action but it'd be really weird because most of the fun of that game is just doing like wicked flips and dual wielding like uzis or whatever and just like ricocheting bullets off of surfaces like it's crazy stylish but it's it's stuff that makes sense in like an animated setting but maybe not exactly in real life also yeah your yeah. best friend is like a banana that's talking to you i mean isn't that always the case sure <laughs> oh, okay it's not okay maybe it's just me sorry and then last one fallout is getting a tv show from the westworld creators on amazon i mean that could be good i i have had my problems with the most recent fallout games but that when you say most recent Fallout games, do you just mean Fallout 76 or do you also mean Fallout 4? Pretty much Fallout 76. And, uh, like, <laughs> the. Which, apparently, you know, uh, we can play it for free now, right? Really? Apparently, it's coming to Game Pass. Oh, okay. I'll Which I'm like, give it a shot. It, it's funny because it's. I didn't think about it because, all right, you guys know, like, I. I uh, even though I work at Microsoft, like, my. I prefer i specifically like my main console is my playstation over pc over xbox just because i also play third party games on there and everything else it's like my preferred uh just controller and everything else but i was like i tried when it was free for like a week and i tried a little bit kind of curious about it and then i was like eh, i don't know like will i play it on my playstation or I was planning on playing future Bethesda games only on PC now just because of mods and I don't see why I'm going to be buying it twice anymore. Like, I don't see the point. Uh, I mean, actually, there was no, there shouldn't even be a point that you need to buy it twice. Just get it on PC if you're going to get it on PC anyway down the line. Just, you know, trophies ain't worth it. Um, but I'm like, oh, now I can, instead of either of those, I can just play it on Xbox for free. And I'm like, oh, 
I guess we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm not sure if I will or not, but yeah. maybe. Uh, I also, because, I mean, you know, it's, all the shit happened with it. But also, I, I've heard they've improved it, uh, but yeah. I also haven't bothered to look into it. I don't even know if the NPC update thing ever got added in or not. I either. think that came out recently, but I didn't hear anything super great about it. I feel like everyone stopped caring about the game altogether. It just kind of fell into the anthem bucket of, like, games that are just kind of like, uh, you know what, we don't need these. Let's just keep going. Yeah. yeah, so despite my issues with at least the most recent Fallout game, and also the fact that they need, definitely need to change engines, do something much, much newer for the next game, because it clearly does not hold up anymore, uh, that world could make for a pretty interesting TV show, at least. Yeah, and when I say creators, uh, Jonathan Nolan, who is Chris Nolan's brother, and Lisa Joy uh, would be on it. So, I'm curious. I I am very curious, to say the least. And, you know, Amazon has been currently working on Lord of the Rings, which I've been highly excited for, uh, just because it's Lord of the Rings. So, we'll see what comes from this. Um it's interesting too because you know like they probably saw the success of netflix and the witcher and they went we need something what's something just as big and they're like oh fallout that makes sense so even though difference here though is fallout you're you have a little bit more open space to kind of create on your own you don't have to follow any specific guidelines too much you can kind of just say fuck it especially just because the vast differences from like um pre-Bethesda Fallout to Bethesda Fallout. Like, you know, the old, like, Fallout 1, 2, and Tactics versus, like, 3 and uh, 4 and 76. Yeah. Uh, And then New Vegas, honestly, actually, actually falls more in line with the previous ones because those were made by guys that worked on the previous ones. So I would say New Vegas kind of goes into that camp in terms of narrative style and uh, that kind of... Area. even though it's the gameplay is more like the newer ones uh they definitely there's a reason why people like new vegas more than three and four at least i do but you can kind of guess why so yeah, I'm, I'm curious we'll see how this goes this is, sounds like it's very early development or like just getting just getting announced so we're not going to see this probably for a few years at the very least or at least like news will come of it very slowly i'm assuming all right that's it for movie tv news uh, gaming news. Uh, we have a few different things, uh, all one somewhat small in terms of the kind of like what we're going to talk about it, but you know, we don't have too much, honestly. Uh, first of which though is James Summer Game Fest or not Summer Game Fest. God damn, IGN Summer Gaming <laughs> is over, uh, and they did a little award thing in which they were like, "Hey, look, these are the winners of uh, our awards that we did for all these little." digital showcases that just kind of went on for weeks and uh we got a few different things here but you know we still have a bunch of stuff coming which i will actually i'll just start with this one uh devolver direct is coming july 11th which is another showcase which you know uh devolver had their own little showcases before an e3 and they were really fun because they were just ridiculous and they had some awesome small titles that you would see there like last time what like it was like uh uh my friend pedro and uh uh what was it called uh i'm still looking forward to carrying 
that's the one I was thinking, yeah, carrion and stuff like that. So uh, we, we see all that kind of stuff, and they're basically going to have more again. And I believe this is the same day. I'm, I hope I'm not wrong. I believe it's the same day as uh, Ubisoft Forward. Is Ubisoft doing uh, their own thing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, yeah. So July we have... Uh, so this basically puts in July. We have Devolver. We have Ubisoft. We have Microsoft's first-party stuff, and w- which, um, which would be, I believe, via inside Xbox. And... I know I was, I said, because I, I was guessing, which I probably shouldn't have done anyway, but I was guessing it was going to be like Halo for June, which goes to show how much I know about my own company. I told you guys, I don't know shit, they don't tell me anything. Um, but I assumed maybe there would be a Halo event in June or something, and there wasn't. And they had said they were doing like a a monthly event uh, to basically, as a roadmap to Series X launch. And I'm yeah. assuming, because I don't really, there, there wasn't anything in June. I'm guessing it Not was the, yeah, I think it was the ID at Xbox indie stuff that were they were working with like, uh, IGN Summer Game, uh, Summer of Gaming, uh, which is my best guess, but yeah, so we got their thing in July. We have Ubisoft, we have Devolver. So there's three. Uh, there might be other stuff, but I just can't remember because you know there's been too much shit, and uh, at least those are more contained. They're not like day, they're days long shit that's going on, which um, I will say for the Xbox one, though, uh, they are doing a special uh, demo style uh, for like a week or something where you can play um, James Seymour, the number of games you could play in this whole thing. Huh? The number of games that the, the demos how many? For the Xbox event? I believe it's like 50 or something. Oh, damn. That's a lot. Yeah, it's pretty crazy, honestly, the number you can actually go through. And I believe they said that not all of them... They're not going to be like uh, the kind of iteration that you're going to get when it actually comes out. So it's like not complete. Uh, but no, sorry. So it's over 60 games. Wow. And it's going to be from July 4th. 21st to July 27th and it's pretty much all going to be on Xbox One and some of these games are games we already know about uh, Destroy All Humans uh, Hellpoint uh, other games I've never honestly heard of but apparently according to Xbox there will be somewhere between 75 to 100 games when the dust settles Damn, which is kind of insane but yeah, so it's basically like a week long of stuff, and I'm sure maybe, maybe, because I know, like, I feel like at launch, some of the stuff they did say, like, I feel like uh, the games that are launching with Series X will also still be playable on Xbox One, because they still want, like, full connectivity between players. Yeah. So I maybe, maybe it's one of those games, who knows? That'd be kind of cool. Kind of like, you know, we're getting the demo for Tony Hawk before that game comes out, which is cool. Ooh, sweet. Yeah, so, alright. Back to IGN Summer of Gaming. Uh, The award... (laughs) The award winners they did through everything. So, they had a few different categories here. Uh, One was Best New Game Announcement, which... uh, I'll just name the winners, because there's just a lot of games in there. Uh, The winner of that was the Miles Morales Spider-Man. They felt like was the best new game announcement. Of course, up there too. I'll just say it was like you know Ratchet and Horizon Two. 
uh, best trailer was Deathloop, which I will actually, yeah. I think I would agree. That was, that a, was pretty a pretty awesome trailer. Because that, that trailer turned that game, did a full 180 for that game uh, for me. Because when I saw it originally, I said before, like at Bethesda's conference, I think last year, I had zero interest in this game. I did not care. And now I'm like, oh, this looks much more interesting then it went from not even on my radar to I'm actually interested in this. So that 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 does do a lot. Uh, biggest comeback, <laughs> new Pokemon Snap. Okay, uh, sure. I, I would. Yeah, it's just I other mean, yeah, other it's ones. Been like twenty years since the last one. You know what's funny? What not the one of the nominees also? It's like a, well, I guess it's not funny. I guess it's like Pokemon Snap because I think. Uh, wait, is it the same thing? Is it okay? No, I thought they put it twice. Like the original version was one of the nominees too. I was like, what the hell? Uh, but no, Demon Souls, Skate, Ratchet and Clank. Oh. Which Skate? I would say Skate's not really a comeback because no, it's a sequel. They just went. We're working on it. Oh, also that, yeah. And and <laughs> it just means it's not even probably started yet. And then uh, best gameplay demo, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. I can only imagine. Yeah, literally, like everyone that I've seen on YouTube or my like Twitter feed say that they got the chance to play it. It was just like uh, blown away, basically. Yeah. And last best overall moment, which there isn't too many, but basically it was between Bug Snacks, the Bug Snacks song. Yep. <laughs> uh, which already I'm sad to say it's annoying to me now. Uh, not even the song itself, but uh, when I ever listen to other people on uh, other possible gaming shows I listen to, uh, they've overplayed it to a point where I'm just tired of it now. I'm just like, oh, God. Greg kept uh, tweeting d- out, like, thinking about bug snacks, and now it's like, yeah, that's stuck in my head. <laughs> that's actually, honestly, it's been um, him and uh, what's his co-host name? Um, uh, Blessing? Yeah. On um, the kind of funny, yeah, they've actually... They, they are actually making me not like this game. Uh, or not like... I, I, not, I won't say that, but they're making me less... I want to hear about it less and less now because of them. It, yeah. It's sad, but it's true. I just want to know what uh, the fuck the gameplay is. Besides yeah. becoming a snack monster. I should really eventually play Octodad, because that's the same guys. Yeah. Uh, but also the Demon Souls reveal, uh, the skate announcement, which skate announcement's not... That's like I, that's That was so small. It's like, yeah, you made everyone happy, but it's not that big. Uh, PlayStation 5 console reveal and Pokemon Snap reveal. James, which one do you think won? Uh, I might be biased, but I, I would say PlayStation 5 reveal. But Yeah, they, they picked oh, yeah, really? PlayStation oh. 5. <laughs> yeah. Makes sense, honestly. I mean, we, we saw playing on this on the new console. <laughs> Dude, that trailer was hype as fuck, though, right? It was pretty crazy. It was like, honestly, it was like the... Uh, it was very similar to the Microsoft uh, computer reveals. So if you ever watch, I was I've had say, to it watch sounds, them. It looked like an Apple trailer. If you so, I, I've actually I don't really normally watch the Apple ones, but because I've, ha- I've they had have a to lot watch the Microsoft of... ones, they will do Surface every Surface device and headphones, everything else. They'll do like a thing where it shows like the inside and they come, it gets put together and all this stuff. And uh, when I saw that, I was just like, oh, God, it's happening again. (laughs) Yeah. Apple has a tendency to just do some poppy song and then like a lot of slow flying like camera angles over like whatever product they're revealing. Like the Apple Watch will be like spinning around. The camera will go over the screen or whatever and shit like that. Like 
And there was a lot of that in the PlayStation trailer where it's like, let's fly over the grills, let's fly over the bottom part, and let's, and let's show you the lights. Like, I don't know. I think I think tech companies just, I, I feel like they just go pick the cool song and then they all do the same exact thing. That's that's just me. They just got a it, trailer it, generator program. It just, yeah, they just, they, they go and they go do the do the works and it's just all the same. It's all the same thing. Oh God, they never change. Uh, and then last two pieces of news. Uh, this one is actually, uh, it's a little bit more serious, honestly, but uh, EVO, the, the fighting game term- tournament, uh, you guys know it was canceled and turned into online. EVO online has been canceled uh, because there have been allegations made uh, with the uh, former CEO, uh, which, so reading through it, there, it's for, this is from an article by Matt Kim on IGN. Uh, but over the past 24 hours in response to or here we go. Uh, actually, this is kind of all over the place, to be honest. Let's see. Capcom and Nether- NetherRealm have announced they will be pulling out of EVO online due to allegations against EVO organizer Joey Kohler. Uh, this is part of a larger alleged sexual abuse scandal erupting in the... Oh, yeah. Yeah, so he's just one of the people... Basically, long story short... Uh, Joey Killer was one of the people that have been outed recently. Uh, you know, there's been different levels of outings, like everything from uh, sexual assault, sexual allegations, sexual abuse, or just regular abuse in, in any form. Uh, tending, honestly, just because I don't see why you would make this shit up. I'm inclined to believe the vast majority of uh, the people making yeah. these allegations. Uh, but it's honestly... Obviously, this isn't a bad thing. Uh, I mean, you know, it sucks for EVO people if they want to play it, but it's good that, uh, you know, the gaming industry is being updated like the movie industry and TV industry was previously. Uh, Just kind of going through and more, not so because it's like, yeah, get after these people. It's more so honestly because, yeah, it's a better environment for the people that have been uh, basically screwed over and victimized. So uh, I'm all for it. Just, yeah, this is more so, of course, pertaining to uh, other companies pulling out uh, and just through it. Basically, it sounds like this dude's been let go or fired or whatever. And, uh, yeah, it doesn't look like there'll be any EVO this year. Um, but, you know, just goes to show, don't be a scumbag. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Hopefully more people like that will be held accountable to their actions nowadays. Hopefully. Yeah, really. Uh, but, you know... Money can do so many things for you if you're really rich. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's just, again, cognitive bias or whatever, but it seems like it's always, like, people in places of high power, like a CEO, like we just talked about. Like, I know the old adage of, like, absolute power corrupts absolutely, but, like, does it seem to, does it really need to be, like, nearly 100% true, it seems like? Apparently so. (laughs) Uh, I mean, we 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 see it a lot. Yeah. We won't go. We won't go into it. This isn't a political podcast. Not trying to make it one anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, last piece of gaming news uh, of like regular gaming news is the Horizon Zero Dawn uh, released announcement for PC. So of course, Horizon Zero Dawn, uh, first party PlayStation game made in house and exclusive to PS4, is coming to PC on August seventh. This, of course, joins uh, the 
Quantic Dreams trilogy of Heavy Rain, uh, Beyond Two Souls, and Detroit Become Human have all joined basically, I believe, both Epic Games Store and Steam. I could be wrong, but I think that's the case. It's on PC. That's all that matters. There's fucking different storefronts. But uh, Horizon is coming to both as well. And of course, the third one uh, is coming... I forget what day, but Death Stranding, of course, is also coming oh, yeah. to PC as well. And I think that's also interesting just because, James, they're both uh, they're both from the Decima engine. Oh, yeah. Like, realistic. I just thought that was I interesting. That. July 14th. Actually, so Death Stranding comes first on July 14th, then Horizon comes August 8th. But uh, I'm curious to see what other titles sony might send over because obviously um i feel it's like uh, i i don't believe the publishing for pc for quantic dreams games was done by sony nor death stranding i believe maybe it's just horizon since it's in-house but i i do because honestly i i feel it's i don't understand why sony wouldn't publish them because it's like why wouldn't you just want to get more money i feel like they probably do get money but you know they probably could get more if they just published it themselves I could be wrong. Maybe it's a, a thing they can't potentially do uh, as a cons. I, I have no idea how it works, but yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm curious to see what other games because I feel like um, maybe the highly, highly successful ones they wouldn't put on there, like maybe God of War, Uncharted, Last of Us, Spider Man. But I think potentially you could throw on there like uh, I don't know, maybe maybe games that didn't do as well or just aren't the big end-all be-all like maybe you could put Killzone, Shadowfall, Infamous Second Son, Days Gone on there maybe. Yeah, I can I see have that. No idea, but this would be interesting. All right, that's it for uh, the main gaming news. Uh, one thing I did want to talk about was the WB Games games. So we haven't heard anything originally from what uh, what was uh, outed by Jason Schreier, uh, who's like basically like the kind of gives all the information of anything in the games industry. When it yeah, comes to he's news. probably like the best games journalist there is out there. He uh, apparently said that, or didn't apparently, he reported that uh, they were going to have a conference at E3 originally. And we would have basically seen everything there. But because huh. we didn't, it seems like they're scattering everything. Uh, from what I've heard, there's a rumor that they're going to show uh, potentially at least one of the two DC games at DC Fandom in August, you know, the DC virtual event, yeah. which would make sense. I don't know if it would be both, uh, which I actually do want to go through everything, basically, though. So we have, like, Rock City Games. We have WB Montreal. We have TT, which are the LEGO game guys. Uh, we have Monolith. And we have Netherrealm. I believe those are all the studios. And then I don't know who's working on the Harry Potter game, but we have whoever's doing that. Uh, so I just wanted to go through it all. The rumors have been like, we have no official confirmations for anything any of these companies are doing, though the most obvious would be Netherrealms. But uh, I guess we'll start with Netherrealm, actually. So, it's been reported that they are working on, obviously, next-gen games, since it's, like, this late. They've just more recently released, what was the last one, Mortal Kombat uh, XL? 
There, uh, no, 11. 11. Yeah, Mortal Kombat, uh, Mortal 11, Kombat 11. Plus, they just released a new DLC for that. There was like a, a Even whole story DLC, new story. Right? Yeah, I've, I'm forgetting yeah. what it's called, though. Which I'm behind. So, like, I finally caught up and I didn't catch up, but I finally played um, Mortal Kombat X and Injustice Gods Among Us. So, I still have to go through uh, Mortal Kombat. 11 and injustice 2 and then yeah that dlc from all combat 11 so i'm pretty behind but i'll, I'll get there I, I had them on like i think uh 11 was um, mortal kombat xl was on game pass and then injustice was playstation plus game so that's how i was able to get through those which was nice i'm, I'm like come on just do that again do it again for both give me those games let me play them but uh yeah so they're probably working on next gen mortal kombat and next gen uh Injustice, which which make honestly complete and total sense because those both of those game streams I would say are highly successful uh, yeah. and probably the, some of the most popular fighting games uh, in this current time of gaming for sure. Uh, so we know they're probably doing that, and then Rocksteady is rumored to be doing, of course, streams Suicide Squad, and it's been also rumored that it's called like. Uh, was it Suicide Squad kills the just kills the Justice League or something? If I heard that correctly. Interesting. Yeah. So there's been like domain registration and stuff. Uh, but yeah, kill the Justice League was a domain potentially as the full title, which would be interesting just because that means like you're playing as various members of the squad, taking down various members of the league. Uh, that would be insane. Though I don't think they'd actually kill them because that's also insane. But I have no idea if that's a thing or not unless they're doing like a elseworlds type thing like injustice did where it's just like yeah no this is, is just a different universe it could be maybe the heroes went bad or something and they became like the injustice late oh wait i guess they already did that <laughs> <laughs> I, I just thought because that was like from a justice league animated series uh thing was like the injustice league or or is it the justice justice something I, I, damn it, I can't... No, it was uh, Justice... Uh, no, it was... Justice Lords. Oh. Hmm. Basically, uh, they just said fuck it and took over the world. And they said, look, no crime, because there's no freedom. Interesting. <laughs> and they, like, do all these... Everything from, like, implants on villains. So they're just kind of, like... Uh, they're just... Uh, subdued. It's like uh, chips that basically do like lobotomies practically. So I remember like Joker's like, hello, I'm Joker. <laughs> and he's just like, he's just trash. It's great. Uh, it's a great story, honestly. They even carried over into the comics later too, which was really cool. But yeah, I don't, I'm curious to see what they would be for that. But it's, it, it just, it seems like we're getting a Suicide Squad game from Rocksteady. Which of course, you know, the rumors were everything from Suicide Squad to Superman to um a justice league game so i think it would be cool to have suicide squad it's kind of weird it's like funny because we get like one of the big trinity characters in the movies and then we get suicide squad here where it's like the same thing uh where we had like one of the big trinity characters in games and now we're getting suicide squad again too but it's rock steady and i don't think it's gonna be like the movie at all and it could be honestly really fun i for sure think um if it's set in the Arkhamverse, that'll be cool because then you get continuations of two specific... Oh, wait! They did hint at it, though, in 
Arkham Origins, remember? When Deathstroke's captured by uh, uh, yeah. Amanda Waller. They did so I think this game, this oh, game wow. basically, if they, the characters, I think for sure, they, they, they will for sure have three characters. I think they'll have Deathstroke, Deadshot, and Harley Quinn. I, I think those are probably the most likely ones that we'll have if this game is actually happening. Uh, others just, you know, it varies from others. I think you would probably would put in maybe Captain Boomerang, uh, could potentially even put King Shark, um, and a bunch of others. Uh, Boomerang actually seems like a good choice. He's honestly always in Suicide Squad anyway, so that would make sense a lot. Uh, others, I'm not too sure, but for sure, I think those four actually now. I think those four are pretty well chanced to be in it, to say the least. Uh, but that's Rock City. So that's another element Rock City. That's Suicide Squad, Injustice, Mortal Kombat. WB Montreal. It sounds like he's either making a game that's either called, like, Batman Court of Owls or, like, Gotham Knights. And it sounds like it would probably be most likely a sequel of sorts to Origins or, like, you know, in the Arkham-verse of Batman. I'm not too sure exactly what it would be, whether it's taking place after, before, maybe it's other Bat family members, but potentially uh, we'll see what's going on with that. And we know they're basically working on a Batman game for sure, I feel like. So we have really, like, a lot of DC stuff, a lot of, you know, we got the fighting games and everything else. That just leaves, of course, TT Games exclusively does Lego games for the most part. So I think they're working currently, aren't they, aren't they working on the Skywalker saga right now or something? Like Star Wars saga game? Yeah, like every time a new Star Wars game comes out, no, Star Wars movie comes out. They make a Lego game based off the movie, and then they also keep adding it to, like, the collection that they sell all the time. Like, usually, by the end of a trilogy, they'll come out with, like, a anthology collection of all of them. Because I guess these games don't take up much space on a disc or whatever. So they just, like, give you literally, it, like, it's going to be, like, nine games on one disc at this point or something like that. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, that, that would make sense, actually, because did, didn't they do the complete saga one that was basically all prequels and original trilogy, so it was mm-hmm. like six? Yeah, back yeah. on 360. So that makes sense. Back on 360 when there were only the six movies and they were doing, like, one of those Lego games at a time, they did eventually just release, like... I don't... I can't... Now I can't remember if they did it, the individual trilogies, but I know that eventually they did just like they put did. all six one game, six games in one. The, the, the first one was, I believe, the original trilogy, and the second one was the prequels, or vice versa. It was one or the other. Uh, they basically made like uh, Lego Star Wars and Lego Star Wars Two, and one like I said, one was one, one was the other, and then Lego Star Wars Three was the Clone Wars one. Right. And then uh, yeah, and then they just reiterated basically uh, one and two together as the complete saga. And then they came out with one for just Force Awakens. I don't think they did one for oh, Last yeah. Jedi. I, I guess they didn't. Um. So, yeah, this one would have basically 8 and 9, too, in it. You know, uh, yeah, of course, they didn't get their own games. I, I don't blame it. So that's just, you know, 7, 8, and 9. Oh, what fun to have those with the other 6. 
That'll be incredible. Uh, this will probably, honestly, James, they'll probably be the best versions of those movies. Yeah, at least it'll be fun. Yeah. Uh, so I did want to... So they're doing that, and probably if there's anything else they're doing, it's probably another Lego game. But did you see about the Lord of the Rings game they were working on that was not Lego-related? No. This is insane what I've seen. So... $1 million was put into a failed pitch, so it didn't even make it. So they basically lost a million dollars in this. To pitch a, a tie-in game, for to they pitched it to like Peter Jackson and Guillermo del Toro. Uh, but it was a tie-in game for The Hobbit when that movie was coming out in like 2008. Uh, and, dude... It's insane. This is like on the 360, but if you look it up, even now, it's 12 years later, this shit looks amazing. Really? The facial animations, it looks so clean to the point where... <laughs> it looks so clean to the point that you look at the Gollum game that's coming out, and you're just kind of like, what the fuck? This looks better than the Gollum game. <laughs> and it's 12 years old. Damn. But again, nothing against the Gollum game. It's just the, the, the style, it's not even the, it looks bad, like, oh, the text bad stuff. It looks probably like it's going to be highly detailed. It's just the animation, the, the direction of animation they chose to go with it, like the style. Uh, and I'm not against it. It just looks, it just looks kind of funny to me. That's all. Like, I, I'm probably going to play the game either way, uh, most likely, if it's cool. Uh, but just, it's insane how good this footage looked. Like, if this game had come out in the time, if the gameplay was probably good for it, it probably would have blown fucking minds, dude. Apparently, even, like, Guillermo del Toro was in it, but Warner Brothers eventually uh, didn't want a game that was directly tied into the movies and stuff, which is, like, I think what spawned, like, later games, I guess, what was it, like, Lord of the Rings Third Age? Wow. Um, or not Third... Was it Third Age? Or was it... Um, more than... I guess, like, games like War in the North and... So... Um, yeah, it was, like, War in the North and, like, Shadow of Mordor and stuff. So when you say that this game was going to be directly tied into the movies, do you mean like you'd be playing basically scenes from the movies or it was just like a concurrent story thing? So it's a concurrent movie story, but uh, key scenes from Lord of the Rings movies, including Gandalf fighting the Balrog, Aragorn fighting Arakai at Amon Hen, so from like Fellowship, right? and uh, stealth gameplay where he played Frodo in Deep, Wood Ho Deep Hollow Woods, avoiding the Black Riders. Hmm. And looking at it, there's like, dude, uh, it looks crazy good. Like at that time, it's insane how good it looks. Um, and it's it's just, oh my god, I I really think if the, that game had come out at that time, it, yeah, you'd just be like, oh my god. So that's you know that's kind of cool. So that's TT Games. Uh, <laughs> then we got uh, which you can also find I think some gameplay of it on YouTube, but. Uh, next up is, who do we got left? Oh yeah, Monolith, uh, which of course I believe James, if I'm remembering correctly, are the guys that made Fear, and of course they've recently more so made, uh, Shadow of, uh, Mordor and Shadow of War. Hmm. Do we know what they're working on now? I don't know. So that's what I'm not too sure of. Um, I've been trying to find their website, and I can't seem to find it, honestly. Uh, but I will say, 
Uh, I guess what you know, I'm gonna keep looking for it. But what I do, uh, James, have you seen stuff about the Harry Potter game? So this is another Warner Brothers thing. Uh, I this is what I don't know is who's making this, but it's supposed to apparently come out in 2021. This has been leaked before uh, about this game, but it honestly it's like a full RPG. And just I would say this, guys, think about um, how awesome the thought of like how how cool Pottermore sort of was, where you're just like yeah, you get to be sorted in your own house and everything else. But I'm hoping I don't because I don't want to play as Harry. I want to be like you make your own wizard and it's like um what's that game james isn't there a game where you actually just go to school and you're just doing school shit isn't it uh, but you also persona? yeah <laughs> yeah isn't, right that, now? <laughs> isn't it basically school like so half of it is going to school and like going to class and being like friends with people in high school and making like social connections the other half is like just a straight up RPG dungeon diver type thing. Like each game is, has a disconnected story, but like they all basically follow the same formula. It's like weirdly addicting. I'm usually not into games with like time limits or whatever, but this game, it's not like you have this many minutes to do something. It's more like you have this many in-game days to do something and each day is like a certain number of actions so and it's like no matter what you do you're usually progressing your characters some way or another so it never feels like you're wasting time i don't know I feel like i'm getting way too far into persona but i like literally as you were describing the harry potter rpg i was like yeah you know if they literally just did like a persona but for harry potter i'd be fine with that you go off uh, into the enchanted forest and just like hunt monsters and shit. Gain some levels, learn some spells. Exactly, and okay, so I I just wanna yeah I just wanna I wanna be a wizard, go through classes, and be like, there's a mystery afoot. Let's go solve it with magic. I'm like honestly, dude. I'm like that. Oh, God, I would love the shit out of that. It's just like, it's like when I first went to, when I graduated uh, from school, my, my friend, uh, Ty and I actually went to, um, went to the Universal Studios in Orlando, and uh, as our trip, a uh, graduation trip, and we went to both parks, because they have two parks, like Hollywood has one, and uh, there's same thing in florida but they also have another park called islands of adventure which is actually arguably even better because uh, it's got random stuff i've never seen before like the fabled 90s marvel land that it's like the the land that marvel land time forgot so it never left the 90s and it's still in the 90s and it's ridiculous and there's other cool adventure shit in the park but basically uh you have like two harry potter worlds and one is Diagon Alley, and the other is hogsmeade and you, you, like hollywood just has hogsmeade it doesn't have Diagon Alley and stuff mm. and going through like you get dude I straight up bought the rope I bought the wand I got the fucking Marauders map I got all the shit I fucking bought so much pumpkin juice and butter beer I got real beer I had beer for breakfast uh it, it's just so fucking awesome it's so good and I can't even imagine how crazy it'll be when I go to Star Wars land but point is 
I, I will probably eat the shit out of a Harry Potter RPG. I will just, I'll, if it's full customization, you get to do the classes, do cool mysteries and shit, and it's your own adventure, I will love the shit out of that. I, I, I don't see how I couldn't. Like, it's just going to be so much fun. And I hope, I hope we hear it soon. Especially if it's coming 2021, that means it's next gen, and it's going to be insane on the next consoles. But, damn, I hope it's true. Which then just leaves Monolith, which, James, I went to their website, Monolith Productions, site maintenance in progress. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so we'll never... All I know is the last game they made was Shadow of War, which came out in 2017. And I guess the DLC maybe came out in 2018, early. So they've been working on something for probably two years now, I would say. But I just don't know what it is. Maybe we, other people know, and I just missed it. But so that's kind of the state of all the different... Uh, studios. So we got, uh, like I said, NetherRealm has Justice, Mortal Kombat, Next Gen coming. Rocksteady potentially is a Suicide Squad game. Um, WB Montreal potentially has a new Batman Arkham game, potentially, that's called Gotham Knight or Court of Owls. Uh, there's a Harry Potter game coming. Uh, TT is making the Skywalker Saga, Star Wars, Lego, and probably another Lego game, I'm assuming. And then Monolith, we don't know what the fuck's happening. And there's a Harry Potter RPG coming in 2021. I just don't know who's making it. Gonna be a good time. I'm hoping we'll see. It seems like they're gonna be announcing stuff as time goes, but I'm assuming at least for... I'm assuming, we have to assume, we're gonna see the DC shit happen at DC Fandom. Like, it would make sense. Unless it happens before... It's either it happens there or somewhere before that. Which I doubt it's gonna happen somewhere before that. Unless, like, Keeley comes out with Summer Game Fest and goes, Hey, check it out. Uh, but we'll see yeah. what happens. I feel like maybe one of those games might be at Keeley's uh, Summer Games Fest. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if the Batman game that everyone's been waiting for so long to see was like, shown off there. But, like, DC Fandom is, like, definitely a good candidate for, like, all the rest of those, I guess. Or even all of them. I'd say so. And I would say also, too, regarding Summer Game Fest, like, He's pretty much kind of worked and helped spread and kind of worked as a um, conduit for all the other big, you know, shows and other stuff. The things that have been exclusively revealed at his festival have only been, what, like Tony Hawk and Crash, right? Yeah, so far, I think. Unless I missed Which something. are both Activision and one, like... Remember when we talked before, there was a news piece we talked about in a, in a previous episode where we went through... Activision talking about all the games they can remaster. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because they, like, did Modern Warfare and then Modern Warfare 2 and then, like, Insane Trilogy and Spyro Trilogy and shit. Uh, and then we were like, oh, yeah, this is all the stuff they could potentially do. And potentially, uh, depending on, I guess, the success of some of them, besides printing money again, if it's uh, franchises they haven't touched in forever, they can do sequels. Mm. Crash Insane Trilogy and CTR has led to Crash 4 as kind of expected which means honestly potentially we'll see a another spyro that'd be super interesting yeah so i think we could see another spyro um i think also depending on the success of tony hawk uh, i actually i don't even think they'd do another new one they would just if they were they just want to keep riding the hype train just do a remaster of three and four that would make a lot more sense honestly and then do a sequel to that but um, 
I'm curious to see what other shit Activision is going to be doing, because they did say, like, more and more and more, so I think we're going to get more and more and more. Uh, they finally figured it out, which I think, like, other companies will probably eventually get to as well, though, depending, because, I mean, Ubisoft did Assassin's Creed remasters already for, like, the Ezio Trilogy, for 3, for Liberation. I think pretty much already. everything up to the new content. Pretty much the current, the current gen, gen, yeah. Right? And then uh, EA is apparently doing a Mass Effect trilogy remaster. So we'll see. But all right, that's it for all the news today, James. We're not even an hour in. So we're doing, I told you, news was very light to the point where I could throw this WB shit in here. Nice. But now we can uh, we can actually probably get it through a good amount of uh, games, movies, and TV shows of what we've played and watched. Which I, I know besides, uh, I know last week you were saying you just had uh, movie TV shows. Did you not have any other games besides Last of Us? Uh, no, I, ha- I have a couple more. I like forgot that uh, they... Forgot one of your older lists? <laughs> no, it's just a more recent game I just forgot to put on because I've literally played it for like two days. It was uh, Call of Duty World War II. Oh, I, yeah, I still have to... Like, uh, yeah. I'm playing that It was one of the things soon. where like... Uh, I downloaded it because I figured, like, oh, well, I don't give a shit about the multiplayer because there's, like, newer Call of Duty multiplayer that, like, if I was going to play Call of Duty, I'd play that. Uh, but I do remember hearing, like, the story was supposed to be at least interesting for this one. And I vaguely remembered the ad, like, not the ads, but, like, the the conferences before it came out, they were, like, we're trying to show the true, like, visceral grittiness of World War Two, And, like, we're not trying to... Sh- like dramatize it like because it was really this bad or whatever there's dude there's shit in this game that's like literally had me laughing how like absurd it was like so would you say they've succeeded immensely no (laughs) they have failed immensely there are like certain things like it's not a bad game it was it was very entertaining but it's like they definitely made it more of like an action movie than like like they basically were trying to make saving private ryan the game because we already had that yeah. The Medal of Honor Allied Assault. I mean, it wasn't really in terms of like, oh god, I'm crying. It was dramatic, but it was like, you know, the style of warfare, yeah. I guess you could say. But like, the first level is the assault on D- uh, um, Normandy. Oh, they do D Day? Yeah, they do D Day. And it's like, they basically, yeah, of course they do. you start at D Day and you go to like, oh god, I forget what the last mission was, but like, well, actually, it's James. Uh, do you know what um, division they were probably in? Like, what? Because uh, it's obviously, I'm they, assuming their army. They called themselves the Bloody First. The Bl- oh, so they're, they're the big red one. Yes. So that's the first division. Yeah. So, yeah, they stormed Normandy. Um, uh, you actually, wait, they already made that game. Yeah. The sin- that was Call of Duty 2, the big red one, where they play as the first division. Yeah. So they li- <laughs> yeah, like, none uh, of this so game the- really felt new. Like, the only thing that was actually kind of interesting was that, like, they tried to get you to connect more with your, like, side characters by having them all have, like, special abilities that you could, like, call on. But it was mostly, like, this guy can give you regular ammo. This guy can refill your grenades. This guy can scout out enemies. But it's not shit that you really needed to do. And, I don't know, just, like, certain aspects of the story came off like a little bit ham-fisted like uh there was a level where you were trying to like stop a nazi train from 
like leaving the tra- uh, the train yard or whatever you fail not because like you basically you're trying to stealth your way up to the train and then at a certain point in the level they're just like up oh, you got seen doesn't matter like now it's back to action <laughs> and i was like well fuck okay fine and dude i died so many times in that area because they just they threw like so many things at you like there are certain parts of the game that are just absolutely frustrating and i wasn't even playing on it in one one of the harder difficulties oh, uh really? and so is it like world at war frustrating where it's uh the heart i would say the one of the hardest games on veteran where you get into a tunnel and the japanese just start throwing grenades at you and you actually can't get through because you're just being spammed with grenades and if you jump out you're just gonna get shot well it's like (laughs) in this particular section it was just like there's a shit ton of dudes firing at me and it seems to be like an unlimited amount of like enemy soldiers coming at me meanwhile they also throw some dogs at me and they had this mechanic where there were not only collectibles in the game, but like you could do heroic acts and it's like, you'd hear someone get shot and they'd be like, Oh my God, I'm hit. Help me. And you go and you like literally drag them a few feet into cover or whatever. And so they threw all that at me in this one section, which is like, here's a bajillion soldiers plus dogs coming at you. Plus there's one dude you got to save within the like right amount of time. And it's just like, it fucking sucked. And I can't tell you how. Look over there. That woman's giving birth and that man's having a stroke. There were some times where I. I'm having a heart attack. There were times where I would get like, it's like blown up by some random explosion and just die in one hit. And I'd be like, I literally don't even know what the fuck, why I died. I don't know. Dude, that sounds fun. And so like. I'm excited to play it. <laughs> so a train takes off and you get into a random Jeep and you're just like chasing the train. Like obviously it's on the tracks you're trying to like find your way like following it around the tracks and stuff like that and somehow you end up getting your jeep wedged in like on the front of the train and it derails the entire train and i shit you not it was like crashing for what felt like two minutes straight because they're like more more explosions more i will i will say i've been this game I was supposed to play because not I wasn't supposed to. I wanted to play it. I kind of forgot that I wanted to play it because only because uh, I got to when I went to GDC. I went to uh, the conference or the uh, I guess session about World War Two sound design mm. and the guys that worked on it. Holy shit, dude! I will they say the, up, the sound effects were pretty great. Okay, cool. Yeah, because. I, that's honestly, I didn't think about anything else but the sound because that's what I've been. I was excited for, but for sure, like from what you heard, it sounded amazing, right? Oh or, yeah, like, absolutely. It sounded good. I definitely recommend playing this game with headphones because it does this weird thing where like the direction that the audio seems to be received in is like where your character's ears would be. So when you're oh. so when you're like talking to someone or someone's talking to you, uh. Like, if you're looking straight at them, they will be quieter than if you turn your head so that your ear is, like, facing them. So when you're wearing headphones, you actually get a sense of, like, 3D audio and, like, you can hear footsteps around you. And, you like, it's a amazing sound uh, experience or audio experience. And, like, visually, it's also a very – it's a very good-looking game. Like it, I feel like that's always the case with certain things. Like, it's like um, Dunkirk. 
from yeah. Christopher Nolan. You're just like, wow, this sounds and looks amazing. Oh, what you think? Oh, I don't like it. Yeah, it was just the story <laughs> of this game was like, okay, I guess. It was just another Call of Duty story. Yeah, it was just another Call of Duty story. And then like they tried, I guess, to... I guess highlight some of the more shitty parts of World War Two, like they have you walk. Do they? Do they do the concentration they, camp? They have you walk through a concentration I camp because okay. one of you, one of the dudes on your team is Jewish and he gets captured and you got to save him. And of course that happens. Yeah, and like so you walk through a concentration camp, and what I thought was a missed opportunity was there's one dude on your team who has a camera who's just like, yeah, I, I brought it to document the war while I'm, at, while I'm out here or whatever. And so as you're walking through the camp, you're like, hey, Styles, take out your camera. The world needs to see this. And like, y- y- what, what they do is like, he takes a picture and then when you take a few steps to where he took the picture, it shows you the picture, but it's still in-game footage and stuff like that. And I'm like, you know what they could have done? They could have actually shown real, real stuff? footage from the concentration camps. Oh, that would and, have been... And yeah. show you, like, this shit really fucking happened. And it was horrible. But... Yeah. For, for those that don't know, also, we're both Jewish. So that's why we were like... Yeah. And so for me, I was like, man, are they actually going to, like, do justice to the horrors of what the concentration camps are? It's like, no, you walk through it when everyone's already gone. It's not that bad. Oh, for fuck's sake. Okay. It's just like, oh, God damn All right. But I mean, I guess if you want to get that, not necessarily like if you, if you want to experience it, but like more so like if you want to see that feeling, definitely watch Band of Brothers uh, near probably the last two episodes, I would say, mm-hmm. around that. Maybe like the ninth episode. I forget which one it happens in. Yeah. But I'd say like eighth or ninth episode or something. That will give you more of a, oh, fuck, okay, feeling, for sure. Yeah, there was something else. Uh, well, I did want to ask, I guess, oh, two questions. One, one more thing. Or, no, go for, yeah. So, and then they they also tried to cover that back in, like, the 40s, people were, like, way more openly racist than they are now. Oh, I do remember them talking about that. How was that? So there was, was one black character that shows up who I thought was a pretty good character, but you he's barely in it at all. And he's basically there just to have one of the characters on your crew be like, hey, you want us to do a mission with him or whatever? And it's just like, really? That's as far as you're going to go? So they basically put, he was, they literally made him token there to be like, it wasn't there because of his character. It was there because, hey, look, it's racism. Yeah. It's like, oh, we need to highlight that there was racism. And like the interesting thing about that though, is that with all that's been going on with the Black Lives Matter movement and like the fact that it, it is a fact that like people of color are not represented nearly as much in gaming as like white dudes. Like look at every box cover. It's usually a white dude. Like they well they did remember they did a a, a black soldier from the Harlem Hellfighters in Battlefield One. Uh, did they? Uh, as the yeah they did. He was on the cover and he was also uh, oh, yeah. He was also only in the tutorial level. Wow. Okay. So I'm like, so I was just thinking like if maybe not necessarily Call of Duty has to do it, but like if they want to do a, a, a World War Two game, like. And they want to maybe tackle the fact that there's not much, like, representation of, like, minorities in games. Like, I know, at least I'm, I think I'm pretty sure, I'm really bad with history, you'd probably know better. But back then, like, there were 
like black servicemen, but they were not allowed to be in like the same troops as other people. So like, wouldn't it be fucking cool to see a game from a perspective of one of those troops that was like the black people that were given like the shit jobs, but they still did it because they like wanted to serve their country. Like, I feel like that could be a really fucking cool story. You could play the game where you're uh, Cuba Gooden Jr. in Pearl Harbor, oh. where you're the cook and you start shipping out the <laughs> Oh my god. I don't know why that flashed in my head. I was like, oh yeah, they did that. I forgot. Um, honestly, I would I would really like that. I feel like from what you said, ironically, an earlier Call of Duty game probably did a better job. Did you ever play Call of Duty, our finest hour for PlayStation 2, Xbox? No. Uh, like, original? So... Remember when they used to do two different Call of Duty games? They would like have the main one and then a spinoff one. There was like uh, the main one was on PC and then the spinoff would be on consoles. No, I didn't know that. Hmm. Oh yeah, so um, when so when uh, real fast guys, uh, when Infinity Ward became Infinity Ward, so like originally you know those guys made Medal of Honor Allied Assault. Uh, eventually they moved to Activision, founded Infinity Ward, and uh, created Call of Duty. Uh, their first game was just called Call of Duty, and it was various like. Actually, what I prefer, uh, it kind of what Battlefield 1, and I'm assuming 5 did, uh, it was kind of like basically multiple perspectives throughout a story, uh, but they just made it basically a lot more short vignette style, which kind of didn't put any depth into them. Anyway, uh, one of the, the first spinoff was uh, Call of Duty Our Finest Hour, which came out kind of concurrently with Call of Duty, and that came to PS2 and Xbox. And uh, you have multiple, you play as like three different, four different characters. Because there's like a Russian, American, and British story. And the like, uh, you have different, you know, like, you know, you have Stalingrad sniper stuff. You have all this different stuff. And uh, at one point, you actually, they do like a whole little intro for each character where it's like, uh hey, I'm blah, 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 or, like, I fought in the place, you know, I was in North Africa, and stuff like that. Um, There is two American ones, one of which is, like, uh, regular uh, army guys, and then another is actually a black tank uh, squad. Mm. And you actually go through it. And I remember, actually, when I was a kid, I, I played this, this came out when I was in, like, late middle school. I want to say I was like eighth grade or seventh grade. I want to say it was eighth grade when this came out or one of the two. And I remember I was a sophomore in high school and my English teacher was having us do, uh, I guess, specific, it was probably black history reports. And this is the second big one I did because it was like when I was younger, I did like Colin Powell or something when I was a little kid, I forget. But uh, I remembered this for some reason and i chose that and i started talking about like kind of uh black soldiers in world war ii from like tank squadrons to i think i more kind of leaned towards talking about tuskegee airmen and stuff like that but yeah like um i always feel like they don't do proper representation anyway like did you ever watch miracle at saint anna no i don't think so they uh did a movie it's like uh black characters or black soldiers and it's world war ii there is racism but it's kind of the overall story was 
I felt it was complete trash to a point where I didn't even care what was happening. Damn. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, they, no one's really, I feel like, grasped how to do a proper story. Like, when you just do that, it's just like... Because they, they think too much into it, whether it's a game, a movie, or something. And they go more towards the Tolkienism and just kind of showing the specific parts that, yeah, it's like, okay, yeah, show the racism or show, like, this and that. But you forget to just show just them as people just doing regular stuff. But all throughout all this stuff, those are all still parts of it. So the racism isn't the main part. It's just that is what comes with it because it's just a thing that naturally flows with it at that time and period instead of it being just about that. I think that's what they always forget, unfortunately, because they just, it it takes the forefront of things. And I would rather like, I would love it. I would love a game where they finally tackle that. I would love a movie where they finally tackle that. Just do it correctly. Make it so these are just people. These aren't specifically like racist and all this other stuff. It's just, these are guys, they're going through a story and their characters are being developed throughout these trials and tribulations. But also these are, this is the environment that's happening and just make sure they're present, just not the forefront. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Kind of went off on a tangent there, but yeah, I honestly would love to see that. I I think that would be a really interesting concept to just finally, it also, I think would be a big step in the evolution of kind of just these things and really yeah. just integrating natural, making things more natural and not just like uh, stand out because it's just, it, it they make it weird. Just make it regular. Just make it like everything else. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. All right. Uh, I did want to <laughs> ask you a couple more things about sure. Call of Duty World War II. Um, so would you say, I guess, looking at this game, does it just fall in line with all the others in that weird in-between? Or not in-between, but, like, uh, that lapse of just, like, no interest in Call of Duty past, like, the first couple Black Ops games yeah. to now the current new one, Modern Warfare? Yeah, it's like, like I said, it's not a bad game. It's just not something that I feel like everyone needs to play or whatever. It's just good. Uh, I'm glad I didn't spend any money on it, I guess. Yeah, I, I, it'll be fun when I play through it. I, I probably won't put the difficulty too high because I feel like I'll just mu- maybe want to blast through it as quickly as possible. But uh, did you did you uh, do you remember if there was a scene where there was a large plane flying overhead, like a very specifically where it stands out? Not that specifically, but there was one part of the game where you call in an airstrike and then it like you switch over to being one of the planes in the airstrike, or at least okay. one of the planes. Like, you're one of the fighter pilots protecting the bombers. And I fucking hated that okay. segment because the plane controls are fucking awful. Uh, okay. Now, I was just curious because um, I remember listening to the session the guys said. They were like, well, we want to rec- we have to get a recording of this plane. It's really hard to have a modern one. Like, you know. Oh, uh, maybe there, there was a couple parts where you were, like, being assaulted by jets overhead. Not jets. I don't think they had jets back then. But, like, prop, didn't have jets. prop planes. <laughs> Uh, but it wasn't like a huge ship. It was just like prop planes. Gotcha. No, because there was like a, there was a rather, maybe it was like a B-17 or something. I forget what it was, but uh, maybe it was a B-52. It was a, it was a big American plane and, uh, the sound team needed a really good sound. They found out that there was actually one coming towards a military base or like an airport area. 
and they asked if they can record it because they're like, this is holy shit. This is like that literally once in a lifetime chance to record it, but also we need it for the game. So it's perfect. And they said, no, oh. you can't record. So James, do you know what they did? They just went to the fence and recorded there. No, so next to the base, right next to the base was a golf course. And they took all the mics and they're on like the, you know, boom poles and stuff with the recorders and everything else. They put them in a golf club. So it looked disguised with the golf clubs. They went into the golf course and the plane went overhead the golf course to get into the airstrip. So they had it perfectly there as it flew oh, over. That's hilarious. <laughs> it was so good. I was like, dude, that it was oh, that, that honestly, that story was what made me want to uh, just because the, the, the guys that made it like uh, it, World War Two is made by Sledgehammer, of course, uh, which is based in. Uh, the Bay Area, San, uh, San Francisco Bay Area in general, not San Francisco itself. They're in like Foster City, so it's not actually in the city, nor even a city next door to us at all. But uh, it was just really cool listening to the guys there about all that kind of stuff. But all right, uh, I guess I will take my turn now. Uh, <laughs> I will talk about the Uncharted Remastered Trilogy. I actually got to play through that and... Running through it, like, I, last week I talked about the Etsy collection. James, holy shit, playing through those again. Like, I remember I played through all of them during the PS3 days, and I platinumed each one. And these ones, I didn't, like I said, I didn't have an inclination. At first I did, but I was like, I already went through the full, like, 100% collector everything. I was just like, you know, I'm just going to run through, have fun. And holy shit, these games hold up so well. How pulpy they are, and just how much fun, the banter, the character... And just also playing them back-to-back, um, really, I had never played them back-to-back before. And just seeing the character development of, like, the relationships and how heavy the relationship development is between, like, Drake, Elena, Sully, uh, even smaller, to a smaller extent Chloe, but mainly those three among each other. And then eventually leading up to, like, Uncharted 4, which I'll talk about on probably a different show. But uh, it was, oh my god, it was, dude... For sure, that is one of my top favorite uh, series of all time. Oh yeah, same. I would say, after playing them all again, I without a doubt now, and also including four, I without a doubt now can definitely say I think my favorite is Uncharted Two. Uncharted Two Among Thieves is probably my favorite Uncharted game. Yeah, that game's hard to and, beat. I really liked the third one, but there was just something special about the second one. Yeah, and it just it just I don't know. It feels like the biggest of like in terms of adventure. I feel like. Um, and it's interesting too, seeing like I think there were some control differences in certain aspects between each game. Yeah. And it was always funny because I would be playing it and I would always already like in the beginning be getting it wrong because I was like, wait, oh, they changed this shit. Like they didn't bother <laughs> and, with the motion controls past the first game. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. So it was, it was just funny that that kind of stuff. Um, but otherwise. Holy shit, do these these games hold up? They hold up very well. I just had such a grand time with them. And I will say, too, like, it really is the Indiana Jones of video games. Uh, like, absolutely. It's just nonstop adventure. And I'm very curious to see, because if I remember correctly... Well, actually, I guess I'll talk about it at a different time after I talk about... Uh, Uncharted 4 and Lost Legacy, which I have yet to play, actually. But uh, just kind of like the future of Uncharted. But yeah, it was... God, because there's not really anything new to talk about those games. Like, but it just... Yeah, talking, just reliving them was a fantastic experience, I will say. 
that's it. That's it. Nothing too much, honestly. Uh, I'll probably do the same thing for Bioshock when I get to that. Uh, but what's what's your next one, James? Uh, are we still on games, or can it just be anything? Anything. It doesn't matter. All right, so, I was just curious if you had games, that's all. Uh, I do. Uh, I could talk about Persona but 5 later, but that's because uh, I'm only, like, I'm not that far into the game. As I really yeah. like it, but it's, like, I don't want to give too many impressions before I'm, like, even halfway done. Uh... So there was a documentary series I watched on Netflix a while ago called Dirty Money. And dude, like that show had some like crazy eye-opening shit. Like I'm going to pull up Netflix uh, just to get the episode lists real quick. Because like I know for sure one of the episodes talked about um, the Kushners. As in like Jared Kushner, who's... Oh really? Like close to who's like the son-in-law of the current president. Uh just talking about shit like So the kind of shit that he would do to make money in real estate is he would buy like an apartment building and then just like force everyone to leave by doing shit like hiring uh construction crews to just run power drills and shit like 24 hours a day. Not even do it. Oh shit. But just make it like literally unlivable to you like you couldn't sleep. You couldn't live in that place because there's just constant noise. And like once he got everyone to leave, he just like demolished the building, built something new, make more money or Was this specifically Jared Kushner? This is sp- Jared Kushner would fucking do this shit. And this is not even like talking about ha- the fact that his father is and this is j- way before all that shit. Yeah, this is like his father. No, this is after his father. Like, I mean, this is way before all the current shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they eventually started talking about the fact like this dude is in the White House right now. Like this is the kind of person who's informing our president or like advising our president on like decisions. And uh, there was one episode about uh, the Wells Fargo uh, um, uh what the fuck would you even call it? Not conspiracy. But the, like the thing they did like a few years ago where they just like started opening more and more accounts for people or whatever. Mm. Like without yeah, yeah, asking. That, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that whole fucking shit. Like uh, there was one episode about the the gold industry and like how there's like illegal gold mines in like South America that like that gold is basically being used to fund like the drug trade in Miami, Florida somehow. It's like basically they're using gold to launder money in like large quantities. And like one of the craziest things in that episode was like there was a guy who was, uh, I guess, trying to separate the gold flakes from like the the slurry that they were making and i guess for whatever reason mercury is involved in that and he just like literally was using his own leg to stir a barrel full of like mercury and mud and i'm just like do you have any idea how like dangerous that is like mercury can seep through your skin and it will cause brain damage like what fun like mercury poisoning causes people to go insane and die 
and the the documentary the documentarian was like aren't you like afraid about using your own body to mix this thing when you know you just put mercury in it and he's like yeah but you know you gotta make sacrifices to make some money i guess and i'm just like dude this is fucking insane like it this show was just fascinating because it shines so many lights on just like horrible greedy practices of like just various parts of the world it was insane Uh, there's one episode about like people making like a racket out of becoming legal guardians of elder people and just like stealing all their shit and just leaving the old person to just like i don't know whatever it doesn't matter they'll they'll die or something Uh, it's just like it literally makes you see, like, the, in my opinion, some of the cruelest parts of humanity, at least in today's society. So, but it was fucking fascinating. Every, every episode, I was Damn. just like, I gotta see the next one, because I, I cannot believe that shit like this actually happens. And this is on Netflix, right? This is on Netflix, yeah. And it's called Easy Money? Dirty Money. Dirty Money, gotcha. Yeah. Damn, that's fucking... I might have to look into that. I know stuff to... One of my friends recommended me... Um, did you ever watch uh, Patriot Act? No, uh, with... Um, that's what... What's his face? Uh, uh, I think I, I know what you're talking about, though. Yeah. I, yeah I've it's heard like it's the, really, it, really yeah. good. I should probably watch that, too. Yeah, so I have to... I, I still have to watch... There's a lot of shit I have to watch. I'm actually... I'm currently... It's been like... I haven't, I've only watched like the first two episodes, but I was trying to watch like a uh, lore on prime video. I think that was like the last thing I was trying to get to, but mm. hopefully I'll get back to that. All right. That's pretty cool, man. Um, honestly, I, I'm, I'm probably gonna add that to my list now on my Netflix queue. Uh, but next up, uh, I want to knock out another set. Uh, the last of the remasters, uh, the Bioshock remastered collection. So this, of course, is Bioshock, Bioshock 2, Bioshock 2 uh, DLC Minerva Den, Bioshock Infinite, and the Bioshock Infinite DLC Burial at Sea Part 1 and 2. Oh my god, dude, I blasted through these as well, but uh, without a doubt, I think I can easily say that uh, Rapture from Bioshock 1 and 2 is probably my favorite uh, setting. Not world necessarily, but just like favorite uh, physical, just like setting of a game uh, in terms of like a location. Yeah, it's literally like unforgettable. Yeah, it it was truly amazing running through them again because also like kind of, you know, I was a lot younger when the stories were kind of being told to me as I played through and listening to them now, especially though also going through the audio logs makes so much more sense like playing through it now and i'm just like oh i get this or like it makes more sense and things like that just it was just awesome and uh the gameplay still holds up it's very uh i will say um (laughs) the fucking facial animations in the first game is just uh (laughs) they just look so bad (laughs) to the point where actually um only in the first game they had special film reels you could find uh that were actually like behind the scenes videos Huh. which had Ken Levine and, and I forget who else interviewed by, guess who, James? Jeff Keeley. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, hey, it's more Jeff Keeley. And they're talking about different areas, and one of which was, like, how much smaller the team was when the first Bioshock was being made and how, um, I forget who was doing it, but he's like, yeah, I don't really have experience in this and I'm not good at this and it wasn't really something we were focusing on. 
was the character facial animations, which is why they look so horrible. Mm. And I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense now. And I was playing yeah. through it. I was just like, yeah, because those things are atrocious. And uh, it was just funny hearing that. But also, like I said, the audio logs, honestly, this is the best example of like useful audio logs where it's just like exploring the world, but still moving. Because I, I do... I, it's cool to have other stuff in game collectibles and some audio stuff or video stuff, but you have to stop when you're doing yeah. it, you know? Whereas for these ones, you just keep going and it just plays as you go and it's pretty good. And then let's say maybe uh, you get interrupted over the radio by a character, then you could just go back and play it again and just keep going though. So it doesn't really take you out of it and it seamlessly keeps running you through as you progress through the game, which is really cool. I don't know why, and, but like I still love... And I can like hear the sound effect in my head right now of like pressing down the play button on that. Cassette. Oh yeah, where it's like yeah, the, the click. It's so good. Yeah, yeah, it's great. It is honestly, yeah. It's just oh my god, it's so good. It uh, honestly, I think that was one of the things that inspired me. Like uh, that, I, I worked on this game. Probably was the biggest inspiration. I worked on a game, a live action game called I told you about it, right? Demon. I was oh, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, or Damon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was like the live action Nerf game. And in it, like, there we people had uh, AR headsets. Like, they used their phone to do augmented reality stuff. Well, in a squad of people doing nerf shit, as well as, like... It was, like, all these different things while solving mysteries. And this is the actual thing. It's, like, uh, if people don't know what I'm talking about, it's similar to a game just look up humans versus zombies, and you'll see which various colleges do various versions. So some are cringier than others, some are cooler than others, some are just, you know, that's plain fun. And it's a great distressor when you're in college. But, uh, anyway... Uh, I actually created and recorded with multiple people and created our own audio logs to the point where basically our uh, our lead was able to take the logs and make them scannable on pieces of paper and stuff. So the file was there to download. Oh, neat. So you'd use the AR headset and scan a code on like wood or paper and it would download you. They would basically like send you the link to the... Uh, heads to the audio log and they then lock the next piece of the story outside there i always that was like one of the coolest things i thought i could do and uh which i did multiple different things on it but uh that was like definitely biggest influence was bioshock for that but yeah so bioshock it, just going through it again the story itself was awesome the settings awesome and just it, it oh my god it's just so that's such an iconic game now like looking at through it it's definitely a game of history for sure uh, afterwards played Bioshock 2 and damn the facial animation improvement <laughs> is like night and day <laughs> I was happy to see that I was like oh there you go alright that's much better and I remember it not being as popular as the first one I actually liked that in terms of kind of story I liked it honestly just as much in terms of like kind of character relationships and stuff like that maybe not overall plot obviously the first one kind of holds overall plot uh dominantly over the other like the second and third one but in terms of just like development of characters i thought that was probably the coolest uh just because it's like your relationship with elizabeth who or no eleanor eleanor lamb was the uh daughter who becomes like a big sister later but like a good one and just that kind of thing there i thought was really good and i remember it taking flack back then and it definitely did not deserve it it was a really good game at that time uh, which actually afterwards, uh, in terms of actually full-on story and shit happening, uh, its expansion, Minerva's Den, is 
considered one of the best standalone DLCs or like kind of like a DLC expansions of all time. This game, holy shit, this expansion, it's like uh, you're playing like the story of the architect of Rapture, if I remember correctly, or like the one of the main scientists and you're like talking to yourself the whole time, or at least you think you are. And he had left recordings of himself, but you don't know that you're you. You're like another big daddy, basically. Oh. And it's unfolding the story where it's like you're talking to yourself on the radio, but you don't know that's you. And then also you're hearing recordings of yourself from the past. And it's all plot twist because those are all recordings of yourself in the past that you're listening to on like the audio logs. But the actual person on the radio is Tenenbaum. Oh. Using a voice modulator. Huh. Or something. Yeah. And remember Tenenbaum? Yeah. Yeah, so that it was, oh my god, it was just really cool with that whole thing, and uh, you're, like, fighting this guy who was sort of, like, your partner in creating everything, and you find out, like, the, the passive of your character, and it's just so small and standalone that it works so well, because it's one of those things where it just shows you that you don't have to make an overly massive game. You can make a very confined one, like, uh, I honestly feel like this was the predecessor, this was, like, the Minerva's Den is probably what inspired... Uh, games like Uncharted Lost Legacy or like uh, Horizon Zero Dawn Frozen Wilds or probably the upcoming, honestly, Miles Morales game in a way. It's kind of, well, actually, no, not Miles Morales. It's like its own thing. But like maybe like also like um, Blood and Wine from The Witcher and things like that. Like I honestly feel like Minerva's Den was probably the first to really do this. Also, yeah, games like um, Wolfenstein Old Blood too. That was another really big one. Definitely possible. But yeah, Minerva's Den just, I think in terms of just, like I said, standalone DLC sort of, or like uh, standalone story in an expansion, uh, paved the way more so, and obviously it, would, it probably will be remembered much more so than its uh, game Bioshock 2 that it came from, which I, it, it is weird but interesting in a lot of ways because, yeah, Bioshock 2 didn't do anything special, uh, but it was just good, whereas Bioshock 1 uh, and Bioshock 2 Minerva's Den specifically will probably stand out for sure, over time. And lastly was uh, Bioshock Infinite, uh, which I did like more this time, because I remember playing it the first time, I was hella confused with the fucking uh, reality tears of like yeah. going into different dimensions, and I was just like, what the fuck is happening? She's my ally, now she's trying to kill me, and now this is happening, but also this is sort of still happened, but it's like sort of the same, and all this shit, and I'm just like, I don't know what the fuck's happening. And I play Braille at Sea, and I remember as a like younger being like, I still don't know what the fuck is happening, because <laughs> I'm like him, but I'm not me, but I'm also him instead, and then I die, and then I'm Elizabeth, and she dies. <laughs> I don't get it. And running through it all now, I'm like, oh, okay, that makes a lot more sense now that my brain's developed more. Um, but it was interesting. I, I don't think I like Bioshock Infinite, as much as I liked one and two, I, I think it actually, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it's probably of the three, it's the lowest in the, the totem pole. Did you find uh, Rapture just a more interesting setting than Columbia or is it more story based? I think I found Rapture more interesting, mm. but also, I don't know. There's, there was something about it that just, it was really cool. I just don't know why it didn't. It didn't give me that oomph. I, maybe it's because they instead sort of went back in time more. 
I, I don't know. It, it's hard to say because mm. it's like there was some cool stuff about it, but other parts were just kind of like, ah, eh, like um, the collectibles in this one aren't as interesting. Like you do like the little, um, uh, I forget what it's called, the, like kinetoscopes or whatever, you know, when yeah. you go into the thing and you look at the, yeah. And I'm just like, fuck, this is taking a long time. And I'm already, my, I'm actually taking, <laughs> I was getting impatient. Uh, the voxophones, which are basically the same as like the radio logs, uh, were cool. Uh, but also, like, I didn't expect too much from them either because it just sounded ridiculous. And also, the size of those things, I was like, Jesus Christ, how is your character carrying this around? But yeah, it was it was fun. Uh, the relationship between like Booker and Elizabeth is cool as it draws out, and you find out like the different the differences with the dimensions, uh, the differences with the dimensions regarding like how uh, depending on you get if you get baptized or don't get baptized determines whether or not you become uh comstock or booker whereas comstock is like his booker is his original name and comstock is like his weird baptized crazy christian whatever name and uh or were they, i think he was still christian i actually can't remember. i think he becomes his own prophet i don't i think it i don't know it's, i think they're still christian i'm not even sure but uh they probably are it, it, it's it's once i fully understood that the story made so much more sense uh as i played through it and just kind of looked back to it and it also made more sense too for burial at sea of like oh why is elizabeth here doing this shit isn't she she want to be in france or something and it's like oh when her and booker fix the thing where booker basically dies at the end sort of and uh, he erases all the different dimension, all the different realities of uh, Booker's and Comstock's, except for the Booker. Then then starts over with Baby Elizabeth, and yeah. it's like they get a fresh start. It's a fresh slate, but everything basically disappears except for the Elizabeth from Infinite, the main Infinite timeline. Mm. So it's just the new slate, which now it's fresh, and they get to live a normal life. Uh, Elizabeth in infinite timeline survives because she could still basically jump between tears and shit and she finds out uh she finds one comstock is left huh and it's a comstock where so you know how the thing the whole thing is like uh when they're taking her they take her through the tear and he tries to stop it but basically her pinky gets like cut off yeah. in the tear or whatever and that's why she has a little thimble or whatever so this comstock that's in rapture is actually a Comstock that when they tried to take her, uh, her head got caught on it. Oh, Jesus. And she died. And so in his grief, he uh, couldn't take it. So he had the loose, the Lu, uh, loose Lutessa twins. Yeah. Uh, you know, those weird siblings yeah. that were like always appearing everywhere. Uh, he had them send him to Rapture so he could just basically have a fresh start on life because he just couldn't live with himself. Huh. Uh, so he becomes like he changes his name back to Booker and uh, becomes a, a private eye there and Elizabeth hunts him down there and that's why she finds him and it turns out he actually finds like a girl that he starts raising on his own but he has, still has like his gambling issue shit uh, and uh, she becomes a little sister but he's trying to rescue her and Elizabeth helps him through it because they're working together for it but then it, she at the end goes you're still Comstock, and he's like, I'm so he basically changes back to the Comstock voice. Like, I'm so sorry, because he was disguised the whole time. Huh. It was weird. 
So, like, first he talks in the Booker voice when she basically says, I know you're Comstock. Then he starts talking like Comstock, where it's like the I do declare kind of style of talking. And then a big daddy fucking impales him and he dies. Uh, And then it turns out when he did that, he also kills Elizabeth. Um, But she, I forget how she survives. uh, Or she kind of has another version of herself come in. And but this version of herself doesn't have the powers anymore. So she's like, I got one life. And then uh, she saves the girl. I think her name was Sally. But then, uh, of course, Atlas is in it and explains like how Atlas uh, does his revolution. It like it's it basically does a full circle. uh, Part two specifically does a full circle of uh, bringing in everything from how Atlas comes up from like this uh, buildings that were sunk by Ryan, uh, when he thought he killed Fontaine, uh, because basically when, uh, Fontaine loses to Ryan, your buildings sink to the bottom of the ocean, and, uh, they act like Fontaine dies, and Fontaine basically, while he's down there, changes his name to Atlas, and acts like Atlas, and starts, like, organizing people down there. Elizabeth helps the building get raised back up, and uh that's how they come out there and go all right let's fucking take out basically that's when the civil war starts for the new years uh that occurs in bioshock one and uh elizabeth also tells him the would you kindly passcode and how to get jack there the character the main protagonist from bioshock one because she learns it from su chong who's like that guy who kind of creates that uh voice activation thing the like brainwashing shit that does like the mind control She's also the reason why Suchong gets impaled by a big daddy as well. So it's like all this shit that you find in the first game of like, oh, it's Suchong impaled with a drill and how big daddies eventually start working together with little sisters and uh, uh, Atlas basically being Atlas and Jack coming there is all from her. And I, I really did like that kind of tie-in, but it's also very melancholy because at the end, you know, she dies and she dies kind of like with Sally singing her like a French song that she wanted to be in Paris. So it's like, oh, cool Paris. And then she just croaks. But it's like, damn, she did. And then it just basically continues to Bioshock 1. Interesting. And it's like a... I like, it's just interesting. Yeah, I'm it's pretty interesting sure that. I played this DLC, but I don't remember it at all. Yeah, it's, it's just insane. Uh, and like playing it all again, all back to back, like it fits really well and it works really well. Um... It's just, it's a, like I said, it's just melancholy, really, just because, like, you're playing not the ending ending, you're just playing the, hey, this is like a prequel, sort of, almost. It's like that melancholy feeling when you watch the end of Revenge of the Sith, and you're just Mm. like, oh, what? Oh, now we get the original trilogy. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, that was Bioshock Collection. Um, Really cool. I'm I'm curious to see, because it's like the same thing with Uncharted, which I'll talk about after, like I said, I'll talk about later on. Uh, for the future of Uncharted, but the future of Bioshock, like, uh, I've heard that 2K, like, obviously, Kevin Levine's not working on it, they pretty much, like, Irrational Games kind of, like, ended after Infinite, and he took, like, a very core, small, very small part of the team and started, I think they renamed themselves, like, Ghost Games or something, and they've been making something big or small, but it's, like, more insane, and, James, how insane is it? I don't know. Ken Levine made this game, Bioshock Infinite came out like 2013 or 2012, one of the two, I forget. That was their last game. That was seven years ago. They've been making, the, whatever they've been working on, they've been working on for like six or seven years now. 
Well, I know Ken Levine And it, left. there was no PS4 Xbox One game. They skipped an entire generation. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I know Ken Levine left 2K Games, and he started his own thing, and they did put out a game a few years ago. Oh, God. I forget. It was, like, Perception or something like that. You play, like, a blind woman, but you can... Are you of, sure? Yeah, you can kind of see, like the like, the Daredevil, where, like, noises kind of illuminate areas for a bit. I really can't remember what it was called, though. Hang on, I'm looking at the Ghost Story Games site. So, uh, let's see. Are you, are you sure they made that game? Because I don't see mm. it on here. It, the last game it's showing for them is Bioshock Infinite. Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I would say just, yeah, quickly look up that game and see who made it real fast. Because So, Ken Levine's studio is now called Ghost Story Games. That's their current... Uh, that's the current thing. All right. Uh, yeah, so that was Bioshock. Uh, but like I said, the future of uh, uh, Bioshock is, isn't Ken Levine doing it, but 2K is basically continuing it. And it seems like... Uh, I forget which... T- I think it's either... Um, they were making a new 2K studio uh, in California, actually in the Bay Area. I forget who's supposed to be in charge of it. It was one of the guys, if I'm correct, I could be wrong. I, if I thought, if I was correct, it was one of the guys that worked at Visceral. It was either Glenn Schofield or someone else worked at Visceral on Dead Space. Then they worked on Call of Duty World War II and Advanced Warfare at Sledgehammer. Uh, and now they could potentially be the ones making uh, uh, the new Bioshock. I could be wrong, but I think that's what it was. But we are supposed to still get a new Bioshock. So hopefully uh, we'll see what it is eventually for the next gen. I'm assuming it's probably going to be next gen. And what setting is it going to be? Because I don't, I don't think they'd do Rapture or Columbia again. So it's kind of like, you know, we already had underwater. We've had uh, up in the air. I'm curious to like what would be what would be the next thing. Maybe it's like, a, James, what if it's on a volcano or underground or something? That would be, uh, that would be interesting, wouldn't you say? Maybe it'll be in space. Oh, shit, yeah, I forgot. I mean, wasn't that what uh, System Shock was? Uh, uh, I guess so. Because wasn't Bioshock based off of System Shock? I'm pretty sure. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty I'm pretty sure. Uh, uh, no, yeah, I think, yeah, because uh, I think Ken Levine and them worked on System Shock 2 specifically. And Bioshock was like a spiritual successor to that. And that's kind of how it... Oh, yeah, they're all both have shock and stuff. That makes sense, actually. Yeah. Okay, so the game... You I, found it? So the game I was thinking of was called Perception. So I think I... I guess I was right on that. And it... I can't see that Ken Levine was part of it. But it is saying that it was formed by... Uh, or made by... Uh, the Deep End Games, which is staffed by... It was probably former, yeah, former Irrational people, from, people, right? Yeah, formerly from Irrational Games. So I guess ma- yeah, maybe that's... Yeah, the that's... same thing as... Um, I think that's probably it. Because that's... Uh, I think the guys that made a We Happy Few, remember that game with the pills and shit? Yeah. Uh, I think that's also former Irrational guys, too. Mm. Like, basically, uh, when Irrational disbanded, like, they made... There were a lot of different indie teams came out of that. Right. Pretty much. So I guess that's... Yeah. I just got some lines crossed there. Yeah. All right. 
so that's all we got time for today. Sorry, we kind of dragged that on a little bit too much. Uh, uh, we got more, of course, uh, next week. Uh, we still have plenty to talk about. I'm, I finally can talk about the remainder of uh, the 2016 games along with some other stuff. But uh, we'll also, so this hopefully, I should have this out actually today. So this will be out today on Friday, July 3rd, right before 4th of July, uh, later on. Uh, we also... We'll be recording most likely tomorrow our Last of Us Part Two spoiler cast, uh, which I'll probably release on like Tuesday or Wednesday, or somewhere between Monday through Wednesday. We'll I'll release it uh, if we do record it tomorrow, and that's going to be James and I talking about that along with uh, one of my friends Brandon, who actually is also a he, he hosts a comic book podcast called uh, Apollo City Comics. Uh, so that's a comic book podcast. So he'll be on here as a our first ever third person. We've never had three people on a show before, so that'll be interesting to say the least. Uh, but yeah, look for that out this coming week afterwards. Uh, it should be interesting. And uh, closing out, our featured uh, donation link we're gonna have to this week is gonna be uh, for Black Lives Matter. Previously, we've done a Bail Project, uh, Campaign Zero, and the Innocence Project. So this week uh, is Black Lives Matter. You'll see the link there at the bottom of our show notes. And of course, if you have any questions or feedback, positive or negative, send them to sutrasidetalk at gmail.com. Remember, if you ask us a question, we may even read it on the show. And of course, follow us on Twitter at go, or not my handle, uh, uh, follow us on Twitter at sutrasidetalk. And if you follow, if you want to follow uh, James on Twitter, you can at invadergym124. If you want to follow me, you can at gogocomzilla. And of course, uh, subscribe, follow, give us a five-star review, give us a like, whatever it is for whatever platform. That's how you can help us out. Uh, all that kind of stuff just, you know, uh, kind of pushes up, pushes us up there, I think, in terms of like searches and uh, displays and whatnot. And best thing you could do, of course, very best is to uh, share our podcast with other people, whether it's sharing on social media, word of mouth, uh, retweeting us when we uh, post uh, new episodes and whatnot that kind of stuff. That is the best thing you can do to help us out. And yeah, until next time, guys, uh, we'll see you, see you later this week for Last of Us Part 2. Thanks for listening.